Hi, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and welcome to Doug the Neighbor's podcast, coming to you from the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas. We have a very special guest today that I think you'll enjoy listening to, so sit back, relax. My guest and I have our Dr. Pepper right here. Oh yes, we're clinking glasses, and sit back and relax while we enjoy you enjoy the Doug the Neighbor podcast where Doug the Neighbor interviews his neighbors here from the Possum Trot Studios. Now, how about a little housekeeping? We always do that. First off, we'd like to introduce Jojo Bear up here. I've had Jojo Bear for many, many years. He's our production assistant, and he makes sure that we do the job very well. And I also like to do the weather report. So let's check out the weather window. Today it looks like the sun is out for now. It's been rather hot and muggy, but always remember it's sunny in America. Anyway, let's get to the sports report. Today's sports report, sports quote, is a very interesting one. comes from a man named Dan Gable. Gold medals are not made of gold. They're made of sweat, determination, and guts. Very true words for your sports report today. Now, I have a very special neighbor. Doug the neighbor interviews his neighbors, and uh, I'd like to introduce her. Her name is Alexis Do Renter. Alexis, glad to have you here for the Doug the Neighbor podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And to my listeners, Alexis has a very big smile. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Alexis, uh, let's get started with this interview. You are my neighbor. I am. Okay, that's great. And uh, your name is very interesting in our chat before the podcast. Is it Do Renter? Do-renter. Sort of dur-renter. Dur. Dur. Dur-renter. But if I'm on the phone trying to explain how to spell my name, I, I do it much more door-renter, like entering a door. Door-renter. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Now, uh, is that a uh, French name? It's actually, uh, both my grandparents are from Poland. So from Poland? Yes. Well, Poland. Do you, do you know what part of Poland they are from? I don't. I should. Well, have you have you done the DNA? I did. Um, I did 23andMe, and it basically just told me I was Jewish. <laughs> I was 99.8% Ashkenazi Jew. Uh, Ashkenazi? Yes. yes. So I didn't find out much but, other but, than uh, that. Poland, I believe, in their history, and I'm not sure which century, welcomed all of the Jews mm-hmm. to their country yes. to make their country grow and were very open at having other religions there and welcomed the Jews there. Yeah. To, to, uh, and you say you were, your family is uh, Ashkenazi. Yes. Yes, I've done a little research on that. And then how did your, uh, are you first, second generation uh, uh, Polish? So second, my grandparents on my dad's side actually were in the Holocaust. So okay. they both survived Okay. and they got out. And then my grandparents on my mother's side, I'm not 
quite sure the history there, but also came from Poland. Also came from Poland. Before the war, I believe. Uh, before the war. Yeah. Now, did they pass through Ellis Island, or was that after the... Uh, you have no idea. I'm not sure. You're not <laughs> I sure? should know more. Well, uh, family history is very, very interesting. I've always found... And uh, we can go to the history books or documentaries, but we can also look within to our own family. Absolutely. So that's very now. Do you know where in the United States they first landed? I think um, I think through New York. Through, um, through New York. My parents. No one ever really left the New Jersey area, so that's where everyone on both sides of my family grew up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that leads to my next question. Where were you born? Yeah, I was born in Englewood, New Jersey. Now, Englewood, New Jersey, uh, to show, to prove to you uh, uh, that I, and to my uh, podcast listeners, that I did live in that area for many years, what exit is uh, Englewood, New Jersey? <laughs> it's actually not off the turnpike, so uh, I'm never really able to answer that question, but it's about 45 minutes from Manhattan. Oh, it's about so 45 minutes. That's how I contextualize it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And to my podcast listeners, that is a New Jersey joke because <laughs> the uh, uh, the turnpike goes the entire north-south of New Jersey. And so when someone mentions they are from New Jersey, the, the joke is, what exit? Mm -hmm. So there you go. But Englewood, New Jersey is about 45 minutes. Well, Inglewood's closer. It's about 25, but where I really grew up was a town called Demarest. It was pretty small, and that was about 45 minutes from Manhattan. You grew up in Demarest. Demarest, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Now, Alexis, where did you go to high school? So my high school had a really long name. It was Northern Valley Regional High School. There was one in Old Sepan and one in Demarest, so we were rival high schools, and oh, okay. I went to the Demarest. So let's try that again. <laughs> What was the uh, name of the high school again? Northern Valley Regional High School Demarest. Northern Valley Regional High School Demarest. Yes. But there was also a Northern Valley Regional High School Old Tapan. Correct. And uh, at the uh, high school you went, what was your mascot? Lions, tigers, or bears? The Norsemen. The Norsemen. <laughs> yes. oh, okay. Were, were you a cheerleader or a band member or anything like that? I played that? a lot of sports. So I played varsity softball, soccer, and basketball. So I was a pretty big athlete in oh. high school. Oh, now, now, what position in softball? Um, usually center. I had a really good arm. So oh, I could yeah. go pretty far, somewhat accurately. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, I love softball. That was my favorite out of the now, three Now, uh, on that, that team of the Norsemen, mm -hmm. and you were playing center uh did you have a nickname or anything like that <laughs> teams usually team members usually have nicknames you know i have a lot of nicknames okay. um, what was your nickname for the softball team probably just lex just lex a okay. little bit shorter a little bit easier to yell across the field lex yeah, yeah. i got it i got it and, and did you enjoy playing softball i loved it yeah i still i still like to play when i can okay now uh where did you go to college? I went to college at Miami University, which is in Oxford, Ohio. Miami University in Oxford, yes. Ohio. Now, here's a beautiful young gal who's living in uh, Demarest, New Jersey. How did you even 
consider Miami University in Ohio? Why, why not something closer uh, to the south or to the west? Well, how did you even consider Miami University? Ohio is the farthest my parents would let me go. <laughs> It was the last state accessible by car. So I wanted to get as far away from New Jersey as possible. <laughs> that is very funny, Lex. That yeah. is very funny. Yeah. That's the truth. <laughs> and uh, when you went to college at Miami University in Oxford, mm-hmm. Oxford, Ohio, what, were, what was the uh, college team mascot? So we were the Red Hawks, which I think got recently changed from the Red Skins, I'd say about less than 10 years ago because... Because of the... Uh, I, was, I was a telehawk, which meant I was uh, cold calling people, asking them for donations. And that was one of the top 10 complaints we got when we called older alumni because yes. they were upset that we changed the mascot from the Red Skins to, to the Red Hawks. Red so skins have to, to the red hawk. We have to talk them down and still tell them that we're still proud of. Proud of my. <laughs> now, uh, are you still in touch with uh, uh, college roommates, college buddies? Yeah, absolutely. My best friends and I all went to college together, but weren't necessarily friends in college, but mm. all found each other in Manhattan after college. Oh, and we will get to that in a bit. Now, what did you uh, study in college? I studied strategic communications and marketing. That is a mouthful (laughs) right there. Strategic communications Mm -hmm. and marketing. Yeah, so it was basically public relations. Public relations. And I must admit, you're very good at it. (laughs) Thank you. You're very good at it. Now, when we first got here and came to the Possum Trot Studios, and we are sitting here at the coffee bar in the studios... Uh, you were a little bit nervous about doing this podcast. Now, how do you feel now? I feel okay. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's okay. one of my favorite things to do. So right, right. A little nerve-wracking to be on the other end of things. Okay, so how do you feel now? I feel good. Okay, that's great. You've got your Dr. Pepper. We're going to get to that story here in a bit. And you've listened to Doug the Neighbors podcast? I have. Well, we appreciate it. Stroking my ego. (laughs) Thank you very much. Okay, so since you're in that business and since you've listened to podcasts, I will now uh, bother you like a bad rash in the future to uh, get critiqued concerning Doug the Neighbors podcasts. Absolutely. Okay, (laughs) that's great. (laughs) That's great. Uh, now, uh, you had stated that uh, after college, studying strategic communications and public relations, and communications, right? That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is. Where did you go to after that? So I always knew I wanted to live in New York. So New York it was City. A, it was a non-question that I was going to move back and get a job in New York. So oh, And... Very interesting because Doug the neighbor lived in Manhattan for, excuse me, many, many years. We may have been neighbors. What part of New York City did you live in? I lived all over, but when I started living there, I lived in Murray Hill. I wound up living in Gramercy, Lower East Side, and then I ended in Battery Park. Well, you lived in every neighborhood except mine. So I lived in the West Village. Uh, I 
We lived at Hudson and Horatio oh. Street, two blocks from the Meatpacking District. It's a great place, so, location. Great location. To all our podcast listeners, New York City is the uh, one of the greatest cities in the world. All roads lead to New York City, and you should take the time to go visit that great city. There's many cultural and wonderful, fun things to do. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes, it's absolutely fun. Although it's hard to go back, I've realized. It is hard (laughs) to go back, yes. But I enjoyed my time there. I've always wanted to put it on my resume of life. I lived in New York City. How many years? I was there for 32 years. Oh, wow. I'm old as a rust. So (laughs) I lived there for a long, long time. And I had a rent-controlled apartment. There you go. That's that's the magic trick. (laughs) To our podcast listeners, rent-controlled meaning that my apartment's rent could not uh, jump at the whim of the landlord. It was regulated, and so it just moved up at a very, very slow rate, which made it possible for me to pursue my life and enjoy my time in Manhattan. And now I find out that Lex and I both lived in Manhattan at the same time. Now, Lex, you are in Manhattan and you got a job. Mm -hmm. I did. Doing strategic communications and public relations. So I actually wound up getting a job more in the marketing field. In the marketing field. Yeah. Okay. Marketing what? Marketing is an all-inclusive word. Marketing what? So my first couple of years on the job, I was working with college students in what they call brand ambassador programs. So we were, they were going out and selling products on their college campuses, and we were kind of helping them come up with marketing plans and telling them how to do it. Brand ambassador using college kids, which is a market to see if they liked the product or did not like the product. Would they actually sell the product on campus? They would, depending on what the product was, or they'd put on events and fraternities, or they'd go to sports games and give out energy drinks and do things like that. Okay, that's very interesting. Now, what products did you brand ambassador? So back in the day, we did a lot of technology products. So HP computers and T-Mobile phones and Pepsi drinks and things like that. Oh, 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 very good. Very, very good. And did you enjoy that? I did. It was actually right before social media. So my job changed a lot in yes. the four-year span I was at that company because by the time I left, I was pretty much only doing social media-related campaigns and marketing. Social media meaning internet, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, AOL, Yahoo, all of those, all of those things yes. that uh, drive me absolutely crazy because I am old school <laughs> and I have fat thumbs and I am not a geek. So, but thank you very much to the anchor system of podcasts. It's very, very easy for me. And I'd like to give a shout shout out to Lauren Hawk, who is in the. Uh, with Anchor platform and has been a real troubleshooter for me and solved a lot of my problems to make this work. It's an easy system to use, uh, but Lauren Hawk uh, has really helped me a lot by telling me what buttons to push, and it is working. You are listening to my podcast, Doug the Neighbor, interviewing his neighbors on the Anchor system. So you're living in New York City uh, in the various neighborhoods, having the time of your life, 
that's absolutely excellent. And uh, doing brand ambassadorships, uh, then you stated that the internet came along, social media came along. Yep. Were you a little afraid of this, or was this something new, or you saw it coming? Oh, no. I was 24 years old and ready for the challenge and ready to figure out. No one knew how to use these platforms. So I was starting at a completely even level with my superiors who had 10 years of age on me, but we were all starting from the same spot because everything was just so new. Okay. So transitioning from brand ambassador, uh, what did you do then within your career? So I went to a couple different advertising agencies working for brands like uh, State Farm. And insurance, State Farm Insurance. Burger King was one of my clients. Burger King. And then Dr. Pepper was actually one Whoa, of my big clients. Oh, we love Dr. <laughs> Pepper. <laughs> it's a good Texas company. You worked for Dr. Pepper. And what would you do for Dr. Pepper? A lot. Um, we would basically run anything they did digitally or socially. So we would be making websites for them. We'd be coming up with the campaigns online. Um, we did a lot with celebrities who liked Dr. Pepper. We would tweet something about Dr. Pepper and we'd see their tweet and then put together little care packages and send them out to them. hoping. Is there any chance that Dr. Pepper could send me a couple of cases for our staff here at the Possum Trot Studios and our guests who enjoy it? So if you have any juice with Dr. Pepper, Doug the Neighbor would certainly appreciate it because we believe in the product and we use the product. <laughs> it's all about your social media following. So yeah. just get a lot of followers. You can get as much free things yeah. as you need. <laughs> well, we also believe in the product. Yes. Free things are fine and dandy. If you wish to send them, terrific. We, but Dr. Pepper, we use. And now I've got the uh, brand ambassador, <laughs> This the... Uh, the, the uh, queen of Dr. Pepper here. I learned a lot about Texas, actually, working with Dr. Pepper. I never really knew about Texas, but we learned a lot about Plano and all of the... Mm -hmm. That's where it came from. So right, I Waco. Had to, Waco, yes. Yeah, Waco. It, that's where it was founded, yeah. yes, in Waco. Plano, to our podcast listeners outside of Texas, Plano is a suburb of Dallas in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. But Dr. Pepper was founded in Waco. It's a lovely story. It has to do with the uh, pharmacist, old-time soda jerk, where they would put uh, syrup in a glass and a little bit of soda. And this uh, gentleman uh, wished to impress his uh, future father-in-law, so he came up with a, a soda, Dr. Pepper. He named it after his father-in-law because he wanted to impress his future father-in-law, and they fell in love. Mm. So that, isn't that a great story? That is a good story. It's a great love story. Yeah. You know? So very nice, very nice. So uh, you said you moved from... Uh, brand ambassadorship into the start of the internet and social media, and one of your products was uh, Burger King mm -hmm. and Dr. Pepper, and what was one of the other products? Oh, State Farm Insurance. Okay, any other products that we would oh, recognize? So many. Um... That's okay. You mentioned three. Yeah, it's fine. And then, how did your career transition? After that, because then when you stated that the uh, it was the birth of social media, well, now it's not the birth anymore. Right. We're we're uh, it's a full gallop. 
but everything keeps changing every year. There's a new platform, there's a new way to use it. So it's really an ever evolving form of media that you have to constantly keep learning about. So I moved to a PR firm called Edelman, which is the largest PR firm in the world, but I worked in the digital department. Okay, so that's very interesting because I have a, a, a very fine friend in New York City who works in PR, so I'll make sure that they get this uh, uh, podcast. What was the name of the PR firm that you worked for, please, again? It's called Edelman. Would you spell it for me? E-D-E-L-M-A-N. E-D, Ed, Edelman. Edelman. Not Adelman. No. Edelman. Yes. Okay. And they're the largest PR firm in the United States? Privately held, I believe. Privately held. Yeah. Okay. And so in the United States, are they global? Yes, global. Global. And so you went from uh, the birth of the internet and social media to this PR firm. Now, whose PR would you handle? So my main clients there were Samsung. So Samsung, oh, well, yeah. did a lot with the, their technology and their event space in New York, and then iRobot, so all of the Roomba products. Okay, the Roomba products. My neighbor has a Roomba, and he plays with it daily. So I, 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 people love it. It's, yes, it's a very it, the product pretty much sells itself because people just says it changes their lives. So. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that <laughs> vacuuming was that really that hard. For Doug the Neighbor, I turn on some disco, and I'm old. I turn on some disco and uh, start vacuuming at the time of my life, start dancing with the vacuum cleaner. That's fun. Yeah, you can't do that with a Roomba. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> That's funny. So now what uh, other products were you representing? Um, those were the main ones. I was there about three years, and I actually moved out to Denver oh. around my two-and-a-half-year mark, and I was working remotely from Denver because I was kind of done with New York City at that point. Okay. Well, New York is 24-7, so I definitely understand that it was time to move on, and I definitely understand. Why Denver? Why would you choose Denver? There's Why not Miami? Why not Boston? Why not L.A.? Why Denver? There's a big upcoming tech scene, so that was interesting to me, and I had a lot of friends out there. So. Oh, well, there you go. For business, the tech scene, yeah. and a lot of friends in Denver, and of course, a lot of the uh, the mountains, the beautiful mountains. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. That, uh, winters are a little rough. Uh, yeah. In the city, it's so sunny that even when it does melt, uh-huh. the sun melts it away really quickly. Oh, so, okay. I mean, I was only there for a winter and a half, but it wasn't that bad. Okay, so in Denver and the tech scene. Now, what was the name? You said you worked remotely. Yeah. So for Edelman, does Edelman have a office there? No. No, I was just working out of my house and going back every two weeks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Going back every two weeks. And, and are do you ski? Um, no. No. But I like to watch other people ski. Okay, ice skate or anything like that. No. No, but I I like sitting in front of a fire with a glass of wine and watching other people ski. Well, there's three types of skiing. There's downhill skiing, cross country skiing, and après ski. I excel at the après ski with a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. So that's interesting. Now, how long were you in uh, in Denver? Just a little over a year. And now you're here in awesome. Austin, Texas. I am. What is your 
Austin day. The day that you started your awesome Austin adventure. March 15th, so relatively soon. I haven't been here all that long. And I'm very fortunate to have met you because this is Memorial Day weekend and we're very happy to have you here as Doug the Neighbor's neighbor. We love it. We absolutely love it. So March 15th is uh, just, uh, what's that, a couple of months ago? Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, moved into the neighborhood and uh, you and little Frankie. Yes. Tell us about Frankie. (laughs) She's four. She's a Cavalier and a Poodle mix, so it's called a Cavapoo. Cavapoo. <laughs> so she's just a little fluffy love muffin. Love muffin. Yes, <laughs> she is. Traveled with me everywhere. So. Yes, she is. That's absolutely true. I've met Frankie, and to my podcast listeners, Frankie is really <laughs> a little a bundle of love. And if you wish to see my collection of. Uh, my puppy videos on my YouTube page, Doug the Neighbor on YouTube. Go to my playlist called My Puppies. There is a series of about uh, 15 videos of puppies in the neighborhood. And next week we are taking a video of Frankie. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. So why did you move to Austin, Texas? For a job opportunity, actually. Oh, oh a job opportunity. Yes. Okay, all right. So you're working remotely in Denver for Edelman out of New York City, and then something came along. Yes. And uh, may I ask who you work for now? Um, the company, it's an advertising agency in Austin. It's a privately held one. Oh, oh okay. And what sort of products do they take uh, take care of? What t- do they advertise? A lot of different products. They're, they're mainly known for their product design, so that's building pretty complex websites. Oh, okay. Um, but we do everything from social media to um, creating content ourselves in-house, so making commercials, um, doing print work, uh, Pretty much anything you can think of as it when it comes to advertising. Uh, okay, and, and uh, they, uh, you, you applied for this job in Austin, Texas, and it must have sounded good. You moved on down here it to start good. your awesome yeah. Austin adventure, and that's that's absolutely terrific. Now, uh, you've been describing your aspect of what you do uh, more on the geek side uh, as opposed to the standard old school account and creative. These are turned to our podcast listeners in the uh, advertising world, account or creative, account being the business side, creative being the uh, coming up with the ideas. But you've been, uh, your career has uh, mentioned the geek, internet, social media stuff. Explain to me, does that become a cross path between account and creative? Uh, explain to me a little bit. It's a great about question. And you have a better understanding of what I do than anyone in my family, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I work on the account side, but I have a very strategic role. So I'm definitely not a creative, but I help inform strategic decisions um, okay. as well as business decisions. Oh, oh, okay. So a cr- the creative person, individual, comes to you and says, we're going to do this in blue. Do you sit there and say, oh, no, no, this should be orange because it attracts more viewers or something, something like that? A little bit. Or, you know, 
this is what our, I, I mainly help the client give us feedback and then tell it to our teams and make sure our teams hear it and understand it. And then making sure, um, you know, based on everything we know about the audience and who's buying our product, that kind of all of those line up and we're producing the best product possible. And, and the way to sell it. Yes. The, the product and the way to sell it. Yes. Even though it's still tied, it could be tied green. Tied liquid, tied in a box, Absolutely. tied in a big box, tied in a little box, and tied should, blue. Should it's, you do a radio commercial? Should you do a TV spot? Should you do social media ads? And we kind of figure out the right mix for Tied to kind of market their product to their key target demographics. Very, very interesting. Now, I have an odd quote that was given to me by one of my uh, podcast listeners, and I'll throw it on out to you, and you tell me, uh, if it applies. In this age of uh, social media where we are besieged by advertising, billboards as we drive down the street, social media, our cell phone, here's an ad here, here's an ad there. This quote comes from a man named Wrigley who invented Wrigley's Spearmint Gum. And the quote is an old one. And when I went to school, it was... and took an ad class, was thrown out. And the quote is, 50% of all advertising does not work. Mm -hmm. The problem is you don't know which 50% it is. Mm -hmm. Does that apply today? Because that quote was made back in the 1890s or something like that. We do so much research about who our consumers are that we know exactly who you are what websites you're going to, what stores you're shopping at, um, to really make a targeted message that's going to sell, make sure you're going to buy this product. So I think it's changed a lot. Changed a lot. So just for funsies, uh, 75% of it works, 25% of it doesn't work? Or or can you now zero in and say, you know, 90% of this stuff works, 10% is lost? With online media, you can get so targeted in who you are talking to that your goal is 100. You're never quite there. Right. Your goal. So 50-50 is no longer applicable. You're now in the 98 to 99% range that you know that this advertising works. That's the goal. Right. It doesn't always come out that way. Well, yes, yes. Well, 98, 99% (laughs) is, is, you know, very interesting because of your research and social uh, media uh, tagging you while you're online or the fact that you bought this at the store or Amazon sold this or something like that. It goes mm-hmm. on and on and on, right? Yep. It's scary. It's a little scary sometimes. Well, uh, you know, when the Internet's first started, uh, there was a great quote uh, that now applies, privacy is history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're just privacy is history. So uh, that's the where we are in life. But because of uh, the different outlets to buy merchandise through Amazon, the department stores that are closing rapidly because of online delivery such as uh, Amazon and other websites, uh, the, and even the growth of uh, here in Texas, the goodwill. Have you been to the local Goodwill? Many times. And this is 
completely different than when you and I lived in New York City where some of that stuff was a little ratty. Mm -hmm. Where this stuff at the Goodwills and many other Goodwills in the Texas area, there's top quality clothing there. Absolutely. At, at a very deep discounted price. And for those of us who are uh, uh, trying to be good stewards of our money, shopping at the Goodwill is a good cause. And there are products there, clothing, shoes, knickknacks, furniture, paintings, at a very, very good price. So Those little lanterns I have in front of my house from yes. Goodwill. Those came from Goodwill. They did. Well, they're beautiful. <laughs> Thank they, you. They're absolutely beautiful. Okay. Now, we've uh, covered a, a few things here, uh, and especially little Frankie, your love puppy. Um, do you have any hobbies that you work at? You get home. Do you have any hobbies, long days, something you go to? Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay, and you're going to be listening to more <laughs> Doug the Neighbors podcasts for enjoyment and for critique. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Thank you, dear. <laughs> I watch a lot of TV. TV. Um, what are some of your favorite shows? Are you a Game of Thrones person? I'm not. I'm more of a comedy, um, drama, love story type of okay. person. I don't well, like the suspenseful, murdery shows. Well, I understand that. <laughs> After a long day at work, you want to come home and uh, bubblegum for the mind, basically. Just exactly. a, a nice, uplifting story. Very, we like that. I watch The Office every night before I go to sleep. The Office. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes, the British version of the American version. I go back and forth, but there's just more of the American version. There's like 13 seasons of that and only a handful of seasons of the British version. Oh, okay. Well, that's very interesting. And uh, that's very, very interesting. Okay, so moving along, uh, Lex, may I call you Lex? You may. All right, Lex, okay. Do you play a musical instrument? I don't. I used to play the flute when I was in school. You used to play the flute? I used to, but I don't have much musical talent uh, anymore. <laughs> Lex, please. <laughs> this is Doug the Neighbor's free advice for a dollar. Please. <laughs> You are now back here in Texas. You are in Texas at starting your Austin adventure. Your work must be very high pressure. Go get out your flute. Get out my flute. <laughs> Take, get out the flute. Never. The great quote by Doug the Neighbor for his free advice is, Never let talent get in the way of your dreams. I used to think I had a very good voice. Yes. And then I went to acting camp. You went to acting. And I saw other people sing and then realized I did not have a good voice. <laughs> <laughs> so then... That has nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know, uh, if you take a look at Aretha Franklin, there would be no other singers out there. Dean Martin, Very Frank true. Sinatra. There would be no other singers. It's a great way to and look at it. the great uh, Susan Boyle from uh, uh, Britain's Got Talent. I watched that uh, video of her uh, singing uh, I Have a Dream from uh, uh, Les Miserables. I've watched that at least a million times. <laughs> I find that to be very inspiring because I have dreams. And the way she presented herself in that song. So I listen to that. 
I also wanted to be a uh, guitar player in a rock and roll band. Then I watched Eric Clapton. I threw the guitar away. (laughs) So that is my fault. So I've uh, never let talent get in the way of your dreams. Bring out your flute. Okay. Do you know who John Clemmer is? Mm-mm. John Clemmer is uh, was a flute is a flute player. How about Kenny G? I know Kenny G. There you go. Yeah. All right. So before you go to bed at night, while you're watching The Office, sit there and play the flute. <laughs> Never let talent get in the way of your dreams. This is America. Very true. I like that. You like that? I do. Okay. All right. Now, this has been absolutely fantastic to have you here. And uh, again, you were very nervous when you got here. How do you feel about your podcast today? I feel good. Excellent. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Give me just a second here. We always enjoy doing our podcast, and we have some good uh, words to end. I asked Alexis if she was still in touch with her high school and college mates. Because here at Doug the Neighbor, we always believe that new friends are silver and old friends are like gold. So to stay in touch with your friends, I know Lex is going to forward this uh, podcast to her buddies back in Englewood, New Jersey, her high school, the Norsemen, and back to the Red Hawks at Miami University. I know she's going to do that. We would like to say thank you very much for Lex being Lexus Dorenter being being here today and we'd like to close with this thought for you for this Memorial Day weekend. Those people, men and women who are served our country, this is the weekend to remember them. We must remember them in our hearts, especially Jack Robertson of Milton, Ontario, Canada, who was killed in D-Day, 1944. Major R.D. Goland, my father, who served in the Canadian military for 30 years, and uh, and also my fraternity brother, Captain Larry Dewey, who sacrificed his life in Vietnam many, many years ago. We have our, our hearts go out to them and their families and our gratitude for serving in our country. Thank you very much. Always remember, folks, take your karma vitamins, A, B, and K. Always be kind. Those are the karma vitamins that will help you in life. Thank you very much for listening and to our guest today, Alexis Dorenter. All the best.